0: Hey, camp. Yes, Alex. Who's uh, who's who's like your favorite stand-up comedian?
1: Ooh, good question. Um, easy answer, like just off the top of my head, automatically, I say Dave Chappelle. Um, because Killing Him Softly is still my favorite stand-up special ever. Um, oh, I it's think, unbelievable. I think it is a top three stand-up special ever like I would put it up there with Pryor and Murphy's work. Um yeah, th- like to this day I think I probably still listen to that special at least maybe once a year. Um every, you know, I'll just throw it on like finding on YouTube or something and just listen to it and it it still gets me every time.
0: What about you? You ever um you ever get on YouTube and watch like old Mitch Hedberg stand up?
1: Yeah, yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, I uh, he he, you know he was the master of the of the one-liner or like the play on words He, he was always really good
0: exactly exactly and he like he could always deliver the corniest jokes and and still make them hit every single time oh for sure it's amazing like my favorite style of joke that he told was um so so you know what happens when when you mix like a rhetorical question and a joke,
1: right? No, what? Oh, I see what you did. Yeah, I hate you.
0: And welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves Podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average, presented by Sports Drink. My name's Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How you doing today, Cam? What? Shaking bacon. Oh, not too much. Once again, find myself here on a Saturday night. Attempting to record a podcast during uh, a, a Braves game that really is demanding my attention.
1: Saturday, uh, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday. Anyway.
0: Oh, Lord. So, what are, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Tonight I am drinking a Man of Law American IPA from Southern Pines Brewing Company in Southern Pines, by God, North Carolina. Swig of beer for the working man. <laughs>
0: You you you. I feel like you do Southern Pines quite often. Is that is that pretty close to you?
1: Yeah, fairly close, fairly close. And, and you know, because we're so close, a lot of their stuff is just readily available in most of our grocery stores here in town. So you know, it's a it's an easy pickup. Plus, Man of Law is one of my favorite selections from them, so
0: I pick it up pretty often. Good Very stuff. Nice. Good stuff. What about uh? What about you? What are you drinking tonight? Um. So I am actually. I'm going with something imported this week. Oh, fancy. I have a, uh, it is a Canada dry ginger ale. Oh, gross. <laughs> Ew. Gr- gross? What? We Okay, we have had this discussion.
1: Remember we we, ran- we ranked our sodas, and I said that ginger ale is not great.
0: You did not say that. I said I was not a fan. You said you enjoy one every now and then. I did not say that. I, I roll the tape. Who's the no. here? Someone roll the tape. What one of our one
1: of our listeners will back me up on this one. <laughs> I I did, I never said. I said that ginger ale. The only times I've ever had it was when I was sick, and even then, it's not
0: good. Well, I enjoy it. <laughs> you would. <laughs> also, I'm supposed to have a tennis match at 9 a.m. tomorrow, so. Uh, not trying to drink too much tonight, I gotcha.
1: Well, I am winding down tonight, so i'll I'll enjoy some uh, cold beverages for the
0: both of us. How about that? Sounds good to me because it sounds like you had a pretty busy week what uh, I... what all'd you do? Yeah, I did um uh, well, first off, a short work week
1: at the at the office usually means cramming five days worth of productivity into four so that's always fun uh had a regular uh weeknight game earlier this week that got postponed an hour and a half behind so got home late that night because of rain and then today i got to cross off something on my broadcast uh bucket list i got to call a double header for the very first time Ooh! yeah that was It was a lot of fun. Um, very cool, uh, and something that I'm like I'm actually gonna have to get used to because uh, some of the summer league games that I'm calling this season are actually double headers. So that's gonna be really neat. But yeah, today I called a one o'clock and four o'clock double header. Uh, the second game was done by five thirty. So wow. that, yeah, uh, yeah, they got uh, they mercy ruled the visiting team, which was great. This is that same bad team that I talked about last week. <laughs> uh, that I actually visited last week.
0: Well, they oh, came. Oh, 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 I gotta stop the story. I gotta stop the story. Yes. Okay. So okay. um I I assume that your boss at some point made a phone call this week based on uh, the interaction you had with the away team last week. He did <laughs> do tell.
1: Um, yeah, so my producer from that night apparently got to my uh the station owner before I could and let him know what had occurred so i got the phone call first about hey let me know what happened last friday night so over the phone i explained what had occurred and there's a bit of silence on the phone and uh sit there for a moment and then finally the uh, station owner goes I'll make a phone call. Don't worry. I'll handle it. You didn't do anything wrong. Don't worry about it. And that was it. So I was like, okay, great. Uh, All right. I talked to him later in the week, and he says, well, I talked to the athletic director. He said that if we ever have to go down there ever again, you won't have any issues. Don't worry about that. So I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) And that's the end of that story. That so, is not as exciting
0: as I was hoping it would be.
1: No, no. Well, I told you last week that the station owner and the AD at that school are, you know, personal friends, so like they know each other, so they were probably able to handle it pretty well, you know. If they didn't have that
0: relationship, then yeah, it kind of it could have gotten
1: a little bit uglier.
0: But I was I, I was hoping to hear about people getting fired. And no. Like no, base, fired like over. Like the school having to fold the baseball program. <laughs> well, after the season they're having, they might. <laughs> they should, <laughs> probably.
1: Uh let's see. After today, let's see, they lost game one 10 to nothing, then they lost game two, 12 to nothing. So that's <laughs> twenty-two runs. So they now have a one and nine record and a negative ninety-two run differential on the season. Who did they beat? Uh, one of the other teams in our conference, which I'm now considering a fluke win. I have no idea how they pulled that one off. None. I wasn't oh, there, man. so I don't know. I don't know if the other team like came down with the squirts and only fielded three <laughs> players or
0: what. I like how that's our, our go-to excuse now. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, ever, look. Ever, I, I, ever since Lamar Jackson disappeared in that one football game. He had the poops. Because uh, he had the poops. Uh, every time <laughs> a player disappears for a short period of time, that's the instant reaction. I mean, it happens, right? Like, that's bound to happen. Like, guys oh, yeah, just got sure.
1: guys, guys to drop one during the middle of a game. I mean, yeah. surely. Sure. It happens. happens. For sure. But yeah, uh, we uh, we mercy ruled the visiting team in both games of the doubleheader today. So it actually went by quicker than I um, than I thought it would. So two games and, you know, a little over a little over four hours wasn't too bad. I, I tell you, though, the thing about it and I'll be more prepared next time I have to do one of these. I did not have a lot of time in between games to get ready for game two, like with lineups and everything. Like, not as much time as I thought I was going to have. So it was a – I mean, I'm a one-man show at the ballpark. So I signed off from game one. I ran downstairs, ran onto the field, grabbed lineups from both coaches, ran back upstairs, started to put them in my scorebook, and then had to connect back into the station to go on air within a couple of minutes. So, yeah, frantic.
0: Good Lord.
1: Yeah, man. But it's fun, though. It's great. Like, you know, a Saturday at the ballpark,
0: hot as shit. But good times <laughs> oh man I mean the good news is that you know you really only called but you' sorry you really only called baseball for the amount of time that it would have taken you to call one competitive game
1: uh yeah, just about yeah just about like a, a full a full seven inning high school game would usually go a little over three hours so a little bit longer than that but like Altogether, I called eleven innings of baseball today, between two games. So, not too bad. Because the first game did go into six innings uh, before they before they hit the ten run mark. So, yeah, it was fun. Got to call a home run today. That's always fun. Like home runs are cool to call, and this one was an absolute no doubter. Give, to, me, give, me, uh, give me your home run call. Okay, what was the kiss? His name. I think his last name was Benson, I believe. Yeah, Benson. Ben, ben Benson. Benson. Sure, Ben Benson. Ben Benson up to bat shortstop for home team. Okay. Uh kid on the mound absolutely hangs one. And I and coming up to this, you know, in the previous couple of innings, he had hung a couple of curveballs, and I kept thinking he's gonna he's gonna hang one to the wrong guy. And it's gonna be ugly. And so sure enough, Ben Benson up the bat, he hangs one and there's a deep shot into left center field. Wilson on the run at the track. It is gone. Yeah, there's that. I love it.
0: I it was love fun. it. It was Cheers. fun. Yes. Good stuff, man. Always fun. So like, when you're when you're up in the booth calling a game. Yes. Like can you actually tell uh the movement of the pitches <sighs> like high to low? Um,
1: it, it depends. Um, it, you know, so w- with the two schools that I, I call at one of the booths is I have a direct line of sight view behind home plate. Like it, I could not be more center with home plate than I am at that school. Um, so it's really great. And I, I can, you can really tell direction of the ball as long as like the umpire is is crouched down somewhat, you know, and he's not like standing straight up, which some high school umpires do like do because you know they don't want to work um whereas at the other school i'm a little bit further down like the third baseline so i don't have a direct line view and it's a little more difficult to tell with that but for the most part high low isn't hard to tell it it can be side to side sometimes especially you know but sitting behind a catcher and an umpire you can't always see the plate you can usually see where the ball crosses the plate in reference to the batter's shoulders to knees. You know, it's left to right sometimes. That can be a little hard to judge from behind. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Okay, I wouldn't have guessed that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I, you know, it it a fun day at the ballpark. Glad to have done it and looking forward to doing more of those this summer.
0: Well, hell yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, what about you? What have you been up to this week?
0: Alex, tell me about you. Tell me about your life. (laughs) Well, I like your story so much. Um, This isn't the Cam Matthews show. It's the chatting average. It's it's been a relatively uneventful week. I've been working my butt off for most of it. I did get to go to the Memorial Day game on Monday, which was awesome. Hey! Yeah, I mean... it, they 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 had the big flag out on the field. They did a a flyover with like five fighter jets, and I'm always nice. a sucker for a good flyover.
1: Oh, it's so cool! It's the best. Oh yeah. And it's it's always it's always incredible how just like how perfectly it is coordinated. I'm like, sorry I, to
0: interrupt, but Abraham Almonte Monster Dinger. Woo! Woo-hoo! Um.
1: <clears throat> hey sorry. hey, I I got I got a question. Yeah.
0: Who is Abraham Almonte? Um, he's a, he's a, a guy um, that, uh, yeah, he plays for the Braves now. That's all I got. And by God, does he a home run for Abraham Almonte. <laughs> and the Panda Hug. You're yeah. getting this in real time, folks. I like it.
1: I like it. I like it yeah have you ever um have you ever watched like a behind the scenes video on how they coordinate the flight like flyovers at at big events no i haven't well i mean they they, you know they literally have a guy on the ground that is coordinating that as far as timing goes and so you know it's kind of cool hearing them on radio like relay okay 10 seconds five seconds go 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 and then like that's when they hammer it like it's it's incredible how
0: well they're able to time that always. That's pretty cool. And and yeah, you know, in the cases like this past Monday, where it's it's several of them in formation, it's especially impressive because they're all doing that exactly in unison. Yes. Yeah. Like I I've, uh, been, I've seen a couple of flyovers where it's it's one or two planes, and that's still really cool. But the fact that these dudes like five or six of them are just, just moving (laughs) and seemingly like feet apart from each other. They are
1: hashtag getting it.
0: It's, it's ridiculously impressive.
1: Very cool. I
0: mean, airplanes are cool. Airplanes are always cool. Except I can do do exactly nothing in life with that kind of precision. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, speaking of, uh, speaking
1: of airplanes, we haven't heard from a uh, friend of the show uh, Jeff Donahue in a while. We have not, but you will be rather soon. Yeah, that's true. Master Donahue is coming back to the show at in that right Alex.
0: Yeah, yeah, your boy's got to go out of town at the end of the month for a uh, for a uh, wedding. So uh, so so for the very first time, there is going to be a chatting average podcast hosted by Cam Matthews and Jeff Donahue. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's gonna be the first episode I will not have been on. That's I'm, right. I'm not. I'm not sure how to feel about that. <laughs> uh, I will, oh boy! I, I will definitely be calling in at the very least. Uh, leaving, uh, leaving. I leaving will not a answer mail or something along those lines. I won't play it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, at this point, I haven't taught you how to produce the show yet, Cam. So, I can figure it out. <laughs> so it's possible it never sees the light of day. I, I can figure it out. It, it, it's possible that
1: Jeff and I don't even talk about the Braves, to be honest with you. may can't
0: wait. We may
1: end up talking about uh, cars and bourbon and cigars the entire time. It's It'll be great.
0: Gonna- it's gonna be a six hour episode, and I'm gonna love every second of it.
1: Oh man, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be very fun. Donahue,
0: bringing some class to this here program. Yeah. So, so when when Donahue and I host the show, it becomes Chatting Elite. What what is the show gonna be called when when you two host it? Chatting, meh. Father Son Time.
1: Hey, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Jeff is totally old enough to be my dad,
0: right? Fireside with Gramps? How old, how old is Jeff? Is he old enough to be my dad? Like I must the I must like theoretically he's listening and I do not want to venture a guess. Okay. Lest I be terribly let, wrong. Let's
1: let, let's 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 throw out a
0: guess. Let, let, let,
1: let, let's just throw out a guess, okay? We we know he's older than you. Guess. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Throw out a guess. I'm going 42. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say 42, 43, which means, which means he would have been 15 or 16 when I was. Yeah, he could totally be my dad. Like,
0: in a total like
1: <laughs> high school oopsie kind of situation.
0: <laughs> high school oopsie situation. <laughs> I mean. <laughs>
1: I mean, it oh it happens God. to the best of us, okay? So oh. I can't wait to host a
0: show with my dad. <laughs> 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 He's gonna hate this so much. One hundred percent backing out of it after hearing this.
1: Oh man, something is going to quote unquote come up, and yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey, if Jeff and, and if Jeff backs out, you can just get your baby brother Tyler to host with you. Hey, there we go.
1: Get Tyler
0: on the show. What's Come he on, up to? Boy. Yeah, yeah. I'll, although I don't know,
1: we're we're recording past his bedtime at this point. It is ten that's, o'clock on a Saturday that's night.
0: That's true. He does get cranky if he stays up past nine. Golly, you know, and
1: we all know how he likes to, you know, wake up and watch SpongeBob in the morning. So <laughs> we can't miss. Hey, we cannot hey, miss. Hey, hey, hey what? Hey. what?
0: What we're not going to do is slander getting up and watching Spongebob on this show, okay?
1: I I have no problem with Spongebob,
0: okay? None. None at all. Have you seen the memes that I reply with? Same.
1: Half of them are Spongebob. <laughs> the, the other half have... No, no, no. Half of them are Spongebob, a quarter of them are Ed, Ed, Nettie, and, and then the other quarter is just Frank Beamer. Oh yeah, that's that. Yeah, you're big on the Frank Beamer nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the the Beamer face. If, if you have not been replied to with the Beamer face, then you're just you're not you're not approaching me correctly on Twitter because, you know,
0: what once I reply to you with Frank Beamer, you you have officially made it in my eyes. If you haven't seen it and you're listening to this episode, go tweet Cam and ask him for the Frank Beamer face. I'm certain he'll be happy to oblige. Yep, I'll tell you what, uh, tweet me and just say, at ChopNC93, beam I will, me. I will say that my favorite thing that happened this week was, you remember last week when we were talking about you having done a piece from uh, from Cabaret? Yes. And so I I posted a tweet about it while we were recording, With no context whatsoever, and said context coming on Monday's episode. See. Well, several hours after the episode dropped, I started getting replies on that tweet, and it was ah, it was just chef's kiss, beautiful.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, that was a time in my life that was interesting, Alex. I'll be honest (laughs) with you.
0: But I. Digress. But you rocked the hell out of those suspenders, I'm sure. Oh, you damn right I did, baby. <laughs> well, there is no better time to transition into this. How about we do some This Week in Baseball History, Cam?
1: Let's do it! All right, we are going to jump into This Week in Baseball History. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is June 7th through the 13th. Our first fact comes to us from June 7th, 1892. Jack Doyle becomes the first pitcher to collect a pinch hit when he singles, coming off the bench to bat for Cleveland hurler George Davies in the Spiders' 2-1 loss to the grooms at Brooklyn's Eastern Park. The 22-year-old utility man will finish his 17 career going 3-for-5 as a pinch hitter.
0: 1892. Yeah,
1: how about that? Good lord. You know, I guess for baseball, there's a first for everything, and and pinch hitters are something that, you know, we we see on a daily basis at this point in nearly every single game, but it's kind of neat to note, like, this is the first time that something that's regularly part of the game happens. So, yeah, cool stuff. Jack Doyle. Doyle rules. All right. Uh (laughs) Okay. Our next fact comes to us from June 9th, 1999. After being ejected in the 12th inning by plate umpire Randy Marsh for arguing a catcher's interference call, Bobby Valentine returns to the dugout with a fake mustache and glasses. The National League will suspend the Mets manager for two games and fine him for using the disguise. So, this is
0: one of those stories that I always just can't believe actually happened. I've seen the clip of it a hundred thousand times, and it's it's still just the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your life. It is genuinely hilarious. I despise the Mets, but that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in baseball. So,
1: like, you know when we hear these stories of like, you know, uh, such and such guy pitched a perfect game but was only credited with a no-hitter, because after one pitch, Babe Ruth, who was the starting pitcher, was ejected because he punched the umpire. Like, okay, you hear stories like that, and it's like, oh, that's so ridiculous, but you know, that was a hundred years ago, you know, and baseball was crazy, the Wild West. This was 19... 19- my lifetime. <laughs> this was 19 freaking 99. <laughs> right. Bobby, okay, first off, first off... <laughs> there's so much to break down here. Let, let, let's, let, let's break this down here. Okay, first off, the umpire's name is Randy Marsh. And last time I checked, I thought this was America. So <laughs> Okay. Secondly, secondly, it's the 12th inning. Like they are deep into extra innings at this point. Thirdly, where in the hell did he get a fake mustache? Really? Like that's like you- that is the thing oh, that me- <laughs> You know, like, he comes back with a fake mustache and glasses. Like, if he if he would have just, you know, if the story was that he had sunglasses on and he was hanging out in the tunnel, you know, that'd be a different story. That'd be like, okay, he was just trying not to be odd. No, no, no. The man thought of a disguise, put a Mets t-shirt on, and from somewhere put a fake mustache on as to not be recognized.
0: And And let's and make no mistake about it it was not a good disguise no it, it is obviously bobby valentine <laughs> Quite obviously bobby valentine i
1: like there's just i i could read an entire book on this one event
0: you know I, like i i i want this now i i want a book I, I, now on I this event go- if he's ever, like, in his post-baseball life, if he's ever done an interview where he was asked directly uh, and gave a good answer about, like, that whole situation. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> like, Bobby, we need the details here. It, I mean, it, like
1: I said, it, it's legitimately hilarious. Like, it is, it is so absolutely,
0: just incredibly bizarre. And it happened... Not so long ago. <laughs> That's almost as good, or, well, it's a little better, but it's it's up there with earlier this season when Nimmo and, uh, and Lindor got into a fight in the hallway leading to the dugout. Yeah. And when they were asked about it in the media, I believe it was Lindor that said they were in an argument over whether... A rodent that was loose in the clubhouse was a rat or a raccoon. Right. Which is one obviously made up. Yeah, yeah, but you know just something that couldn't possibly happen. Right. You know,
1: here so here here's my view on that whole situation. I, I think, you know, They somewhat made it so incredibly unbelievable or unrealistic because everybody obviously knew that they had gotten into a spat and something had happened. But, you know, I think that happens probably more in baseball than we're led to believe. And so, you know, but for them, they probably looked at it as well, you know, this thing happens on teams. Let's just give a ridiculous answer to just completely, you know, like sidestep what everybody obviously knows happened, you know, kind of like their smart ass way of saying like, yeah, we got into it, but you know what? We're not going to give you the answer that you actually want. So I, I kind of appreciated that whole story. I thought it was kind of funny. Oh, it's hilarious. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I I need, I need, I need a book now, Uh, or I I need, I tell you what, I need an E60 on this. Yes. Give me not not necessarily a 30 for 30, but give me an E60 on this on on the
0: on the Bobby Valentine or yes. the, the on Bob, Bobby, Bobby Valentine. Valentine. Or I the Mets in general, really.
1: Because
0: nah, they nah, always but, seem to have these kind of stories. They do. You're right. They do. They do.
1: OK, our next fact comes to us from June 10th, 1944. Say, Alex. Yes, Cam. When you were 16 years old and you weren't having a high school oopsie, what would you say <laughs> – what would you say was your big, biggest accomplishment to that point in your life?
0: When I was 16, what was my biggest accomplishment? Oh, my God. Um, I had – Let's see, when I was 16, I had gotten to play the National Anthem on two Major League Baseball fields with my high school band. Nice! Oddly being, especially strange, being from uh, a high school in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, neither of those teams were the Braves. Right. Actually, the Cardinals and the White Sox. Oh, interesting. Okay. Very cool though. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Very neat. How, how about you? What was what was your biggest accomplishment <clears throat> uh, as of 2018 when you were 16 years old? Ha ha
1: ha ha ha
0: ha ha! It was 2009, sir, when
1: I oh, turned 16. Wow. Uh, biggest biggest accomplishment? Gosh, um, probably not having my father murder me yet. That was uh, quite the feat, for sure.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, I was, I, was, I was not a bad child, but I was far from a perfect child. And I see this now in my wayward ways. Um, I was also, uh, to that point, a five-time uh, trampoline wrestling world champion, so get you some <laughs> of that, homeboy. I was over like Rover, brother. It was great. All right. Make the segue. Okay. Okay. So the segue uh, comes to us from June 10th, 1944. Six weeks shy of his 16th birthday, Joe Nuxhall becomes the youngest person to play in a major league contest in this century, beginning a 60-year tenure with the Reds organization that includes becoming best known as the voice for the team's radio broadcast. After being called in the ninth inning into a 13-0 rout by the Cardinals at Crossley Field, the 15-year-old high school Southpaw retires the first batter he faces, but is unable to get out of the inning, yielding five walks, two hits, one wild pitch, and five runs. Fifteen years old. Wow. In
0: 1944. Which, Well, in fairness, I imagine rosters were fairly thin because weren't we still at war? Uh, yes. At this point, we were. That is. so That is
1: correct. Cause D Day yeah. had D Day has not quite yet occurred. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah so lo- lots of ball players we,
1: overseas. We we we, we still got a little ways to go in the uh, in the Great War in 1944 at this point. But nonetheless, yeah, 15 year old coming to play baseball. By golly. Crazy. Yeah, crazy stuff. But I, I I know the name though. Again, they reiterated this from. Uh, his tenure as a radio broadcaster. I can't remember what year he actually retired, but it, again, he spent 60 years with the Reds organization, which it is just really neat un, unto itself. So very cool. All right, our final fact comes to us from June 13th, 2001. So 20 years ago this week. You know, I was talking earlier about uh, high school calling a high school home run which is always always a good time but boy on this day in 2001, I would have had a great time. Van Meter, Iowa, best known for being the home of Bob Feller, tie a national high school record established in 1928 by hitting 16 home runs in one game. 12 different Wait. players tw- hang on, 12 different players go deep. In the 17 to 15 contest, which Van Meter won, thanks to the wind blowing and out in a small ballpark. Oh my god.
0: Sixteen home runs in a single game. The Braves put up twenty nine runs on the Mets and there weren't nearly that many home runs hit.
1: What's funny is they won they only won seventeen to fifteen but hit sixteen homers.
0: Well, yeah, when you hit 16 home runs, there aren't going to be a lot of guys on base. That's true. Yeah, 12 different players hit a home run in this game. Oh, my God. that is bananas. Nothing kills a rally like a home run.
1: I tell you. I tell you, boy. Well, that has been this week in baseball history. Do with that
0: useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys, we are going to be right back to review the past week for the Atlanta Braves and take a look at what's ahead. All right, it wasn't the best week for the Braves. Also, wasn't the worst week, uh, but that's been kind of the case a lot of the times when we do the show. So we're going to start with the Memorial Day game against the Washington Nationals. The start of a four-game set at home against them starts out good. Braves win five to three. Uh, took an early lead in the first inning, getting going up three uh, three to nothing, tacking on another one in the second. Uh, Before the the Nationals started to come back in the fourth, Uh, Braves got themselves an insurance run in the sixth inning and closed it down with Will Smith getting the save at the end. You got five innings out of Charlie Morton, allowing six hits, three earned runs, walking three and striking out six. Uh, Luke Jackson, AJ Minter, Chris Martin and Will Smith came in, had a great performance out of the bullpen, combining for 4 innings allowing only one hit and striking out 4. Stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, Ronald Acuña Jr. hit a uh, pretty impressive home run there in the second inning. You don't say. <laughs> went to went went to went opposite field into the chop house, uh, which is always fun to see. So a good game, good start, you know, always always fun to get a holiday win and you got the uh, you got the 1-0 series lead to get yourself started. So we go into the Tuesday game with the Nationals doesn't go quite as well. No. And it was a, it was a game he really had penciled as a as a win with Max Freed taking the mound to start the game, but it it did not go very well. Max only got through three and two thirds innings, allowed six hits, five runs, four earned runs, walked two and struck out seven. So he had cool. some good stuff on Tuesday. He was striking out a lot of batters, but he he just he he couldn't keep the ball out of the air. Uh. Yeah, you know, some might like that. Um unfortunately. Max yeah. most importantly, when Max left the game, the Braves the Braves were still in it. Yeah. Right, he only allowed he only allowed the five runs, so so the Braves still had a shot. Uh and he got pulled in the fourth in the fifth inning, the Braves tacked on three making it 6 to 4. So, you know, it's a close game. Still yeah. still got a good chance. So who do you pull out of the bullpen? Uh, Josh Tomlin has a good outing, only allows one hit, gets through a whole inning. Then you go to Matzik, which seems like a good progression. Matzik allows three hits, three earned runs, walks one, strikes one out. Dayton follows him up with, with an inning, allowing three hits, two earned runs, struck out two, and gave up a homer. And at that point, it's 11 to six, which was the final. So got let down by the but really by the bullpen on that one, because, I mean, Matt yeah, has been good. He's been very good. And and he's going to be a reliable pitcher for the rest of the season. But he's going to occasionally have a bad outing. Just about every pitcher does. Bullpen's got to be able to come in and, and and keep you in the game. And they they did not do that today
1: no they didn't
0: yeah and i, I, I really hate that it today they didn't do that on tuesday i should no say.
1: no i and and i hated to see that for matt because just he, he's been so good
0: this year you know what i mean yes.
1: um yeah it's it's unfortunate but you know it is what it is that's baseball it's a series
0: of, of ups and downs yep got a got another big homer out of acuna going 430 feet to center field mercy but that was pretty much the 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 lone highlight of the day for the Braves losing 11 to six to the Nationals going into the Wednesday game really need to rebound from that tough loss so you st- still have a chance to win the series. You've got John Lester on the mound going up against Drew Smiley uh, and we got in uh, I don't even know how to describe this outing from Drew. It was a typical. Yeah, but not the worst. Yeah, I guess. He went four and a third. He allowed seven hits, three earned runs, walked two, struck out six, gave up one big fly. I mean, that's 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 the Drew Smiley we've signed. That's that's the guy we're giving eleven million dollars to. That's the guy we all know and love. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So uh, Anyway. So he he kept you in the game by only allowing three earned runs. So, again, can't be too mad at that. But then A.J. Minter comes in in the eighth, allows an earned run. Chris Martin comes in the ninth and allows an earned run. Braves lose by those two runs. Very, very frustrating loss here. The only the the only notable hitting performance you got from this game was uh, Ozzy going two for four. Everyone else had a pretty rough go of it. Uh, Braves struck out ten times in this game, and uh, you take you you're one and two in the series going into uh, the the day game against the Nationals, which you have to win now. You cannot. Mm-hmm. You cannot lose a four game series at home to a team you swept in Washington earlier in the season. No. So no, who can't. do you call to come save the day when you have a must win? Who are you going to go to and hand the ball to and well, put on the mound in the first inning to come and make sure that the Braves do not lose this game? Well, Alex, I, I tell you, I know that when, when
1: I, I'm just, I'm really down and I, I'm needing, you know, needing something to come through for me
0: that's good and positive, I call on my friends. I call on my friends, too. And the Braves called on our friend, friend of the show, Tucker Davidson, to take the mound. His Third career start. And guys... Like yes, we we probably go a little bit overboard with the friend of the show stuff. He did come on and do an interview last season. It was fantastic. I'm gonna talk about it forever. But yes. this kid's good. This kid, this kid's really good. Tucker goes five and two thirds innings, allowed one hit, one hit, no earned runs. The the blemish on his line for the day is he did walk five, which is ultimately what got him pulled in the sixth. But he struck out five. Again, no earned runs, one hit.
1: But also, like, the five walks weren't, you know, like, bad pit. You know, a lot of times they were competitive pitches. Washington just wasn't
0: biting. And and sometimes, (laughs) and I mean let's let's be frank here he was being given a rookie strike zone
1: oh yeah yeah
0: for sure like he he had not earned a whole lot of latitude and longitude with that umpire but he's i mean my, my favorite part about watching tucker davidson pitch is is how aggressive this kid is like he he throws a lot of strikes and he is not afraid to go at just about anybody
1: and, and, you know, that's, that sometimes is just a refreshing thing to see from a pitcher. You know, like, yes. like that's, what I, that's what I love about Bryce Wilson is that he knows what he is. He knows he's not some kind of, you know, finesse. He, he's a power pitcher, and he's going to attack the strike zone, and he's going to pound the strike zone. And, yeah, he's going to give hard, up hard hit balls, but he's also going to rack up strikeouts because guys aren't going to be able to catch up to him or they're going to be line drive or fly outs.
0: It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, it it is. is. This was this was a special game for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, most notably for us, Tucker Davidson comes out and just absolutely demolishes the Nationals. Secondly, Dansby Swanson gets a home run in the sixth inning off of Patrick Corbin, and not only does that put the Braves in the lead, but that was his 500th career hit. Hey, how about it? It feels like this kid got called up yesterday. Like, <laughs> uh, didn't Ozzie also get his 500th hit? He in did. The same game? Later on in the game, Ozzie Albies hits a uh, hits a double off of the brick wall at, in the front of the chop house for his 500th hit. The same game, Dansby Swanson and Ozzie Albies get their 500th hit. Baseball's neat, man. It really like, is. That's, that's cool stuff. Just when the two losses to the Nationals start to push me away, Tucker Davidson and Ozzie and Dansby pull me back in. I like it. So you needed that win. You had to split that series after losing those two games because you're going into the weekend series and you're facing the Los Angeles Dodgers. Cam, when was the last time we played them? Uh, I don't know. I choose not to think about it. Hmm. Yeah, I forget too. Yeah. Like an important series for some reason. So going into Friday night's game against the Dodgers, you have Ian Anderson taking the mound for the Braves going up against Julio Urias for the Dodgers. Game starts out well enough. Braves get an early run in the first inning. Take a one nothing lead into the fifth Um, uh, I don't really want to talk about what happened then. Some, uh, some decisions were made. Some, some decisions were made. So, so Ian, I, I personally did not see it happen. Uh, I was, I was
1: enjoying a Fayetteville Woodpeckers game with my wife and child. So that was fun.
0: Well, and and in the fifth inning, the Woodpeckers probably could have put up six or seven runs on the Braves, but the Dodgers put up eight. Got four off at of Ian Anderson. Ian gets pulled. They throw Sean Newcomb in. Sean Newcomb gets through all of one out before allowing three or or sorry, allowing three earned runs on three walks with the bases loaded. I hate it. I hate it so much. It was that that sequence was among the most frustrating things I have ever seen in a baseball game. He was just he couldn't hit the zone to save his life. He could have walked the ball from the mound to home plate and not put it in the strike zone. It was it was just brutal. Here's, Here's a stat I hadn't seen till just now, actually, that I'm looking at this. Sean Newcomb threw 23 pitches on Friday night. Nine of them were strikes. That is I'm no mathematician, guys. But that's that's not a great ratio. Um yeah, that that is like
1: uh, yeah, walking in three runs is something that you see in the league that's not great. I don't like it.
0: Yeah. Uh and then Grant Dayton comes in after him. Allows yet another earned run, and the wheels have fallen off for this game. So dot, the the Braves do come back and have a four-run eighth to uh, to to make it a, uh, a an eight-to-five game, look like they're back in it. Dodgers come back in the top of the ninth, get another insurance run, and and pretty much ice it away for a nine-to-five Dodgers win.
1: Uh,
0: Not. Yeah. Honestly, the loss wasn't, for me, it wasn't unexpected. I wasn't going to be surprised to see the Dodgers win a game or two in Atlanta. But they, it was just the way it happened was demoralizing. Like, I I, I get having your, your bullpen penciled in to, you know, this is my sixth inning guy. This is my seventh inning guy so on and so forth. But in a situation like that, where things are obviously spiraling out of control, when Ian Anderson allows a couple of runs and then a couple of base runners after that, in that kind of a situation, why, why can't we bring in Chris Martin or someone like that there to, to stop the bleeding, to keep us in the game to give us a chance to to put up some runs later, which we ended up doing and could have won us the game had we not just punted after Ian got into trouble.
1: Well, and too, it's just it's almost like it's a matter of looking at the inning and not the situation. You know?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like you can you can have a high leverage situation in the fifth inning. Yeah, we absolutely. we did. You could because cons- two of I believe two of Ian Anderson's earned runs came as a result of runners that were left on base when he got pulled out of the game. So realistically, say, hypothetically speaking, you 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 pull Ian Anderson after he's given up those two runs and allow those two runners on. You bring Chris Martin in. You it would have been a two to one game at that point. Mm hmm. Yep. It's all the rest of the game goes completely differently. Yep, I, <sighs> I know, I know. I hate it. Let's, let's say, how did not go? I hate it, but yes, let's talk about tonight. So, tonight, you know, it started off pretty rough. First inning, you get a bad error from Riley. You end up getting a run scoring because you, you, you can't get that out. Dodgers take a really early one to nothing lead uh, into the bottom of the third inning. And in the bottom of the third inning, the clouds parted and God himself looked down upon Truist Park and said, Blessings be upon you, Braves fans. Here are some runs. Yeah. Freeman singles to center to get the scoring started. Uh, Aradia scored, and then we get a double steal from Acuna and Freeman to keep the to keep the train rolling. Ozzy Albie's then comes in, doubles to left, scores both Acuna and Freeman on the back of that double steal. Swanson then comes in behind him, doubles to left center to to score Albie's and Riley. So you put up five runs in an inning. I, I, against the Los Angeles Dodgers after the way things had been going up till that point, it was, it it was just such a cathartic release to watch that happen. Goo. (laughs) Now we do go to the top of the fourth. After that, the Dodgers come back and tack on a couple more runs. So it's five to, or sorry, it's five to four from there. We need an insurance run. Where are we going to get that insurance run from? Well, if you were listening to the opening segment of this show, you probably heard me screaming about an Abraham Almonte home run to right field. Hit it into the chop house to give the Braves a much needed insurance run, putting them up six to four, which is how the game ended. I still don't know who he is, but I love him. He we we just called him up. Uh, I I don't know a lot about the guy, but I like him already. The 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 most important thing about this game that that cannot go without mentioning. Charlie Morton went five innings, allowed four uh, allowed four runs, two of them earned. Okay, so that's all of the runs for the Dodgers. That means our bullpen covered four innings without allowing a single run. AJ Minter, Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, Chris Martin, Will Smith, in that order, came in and gave up all of one hit and one walk combined. Hell yeah! I can't tell you how bad I wanted to see this. Like, like we That's the thing that's been so frustrating about this whole season for me, is that... I honestly believe, I still believe, we have the players to be a very, very good baseball team. We just haven't quite been that yet. And then all of a sudden, we come around and we touch up Clayton Kershaw for five runs before running him out and then get another one off of Blake Trinan, who is a very good relief pitcher. This pleases me. This pleases me very much late so i like it that makes us 3 and 3 this week going into the sunday game against the dodgers which i we are recording on saturday night as i've mentioned i will be at this game tomorrow and i am very excited about it because guys we have max fried versus trevor bauer how this how this hasn't been picked up for a national game i don't know because that is a marquee matchup yeah it will She's be fun the thing yeah. it's a 120 start and there's rain in the forecast from 1 to 3 mm. i'm not i'm not excited about that if this get if this game gets rained out i'm going to be rather upset
1: hmm yes quite
0: So that's the Sunday game, Freed versus Bauer at 120. We have Monday off before traveling to stinky town Philadelphia and facing the Phillies with Drew Smiley on the mound against Aaron Nola. We've got an open slot on Wednesday going up against Zach Eflin. Hopefully we're going to see Tucker Davidson get another shot because Lord knows he deserves it after the last outing he had. Thursday, we wrap up the series in a day game against Philadelphia with Ian Anderson taking on Zach Wheeler. From there, we travel down south to Miami for another division matchup with Charlie Morton taking the mound on Friday against Sandy Alcantara. Saturday, we got a 4-10 start with Max Fried taking on Pablo Lopez. And on Sunday, we have a 1-10 game with Drew Smiley going up against... Ooh, it says elixir uh, elixir 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 uh you've got uh you've got drew smiley allegedly going up against hernandez but i'm fairly certain hernandez just got placed on the 60-day il so i think that's actually an open slot for miami might uh might get an opportunity to uh to take some hacks against uh an unproven call-up which would be nice I'll take it. Yep, so we got uh we got the Dodger game tomorrow. We've got three at Philly and we got three at Miami. This is a good time for the Braves to try to make a little run here. Please. Please, please I'm begging you We please, say that every week. Please. I just want to see the Braves at or above five hundred, that's all. I tell you what I'm not gonna
1: say is I'm not gonna declare anything from this week a turning point in the season. Are you not? No, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm done doing that. But
0: it's tradition. Uh, How's that working out for us? (laughs) (laughs) Not good, Cam. Not good. Nope. But this next week's going to be great. Because tonight's game against the Dodgers was a turning point for the Atlanta Braves season. Oh, no, Alex. (laughs) in in the show that's gonna do it for this week's episode for cam i'm alex we'll see y'all next week for another brand new edition of the chatting average podcast bye With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com/chattingaverage. We'll see y'all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average podcast.